Are you a musician interested in improving your performance? Welcome to Notes on Jazz. I'm your host, Keith Davis. If you want to learn more about jazz improvisation, harmony, and composition, or just want to improve your piano skills, this is the place for you. We'll be hosting interviews with fellow musicians, offering tips and techniques on study and practice, and lots of other cool stuff. Whatever instrument you play, or if you're a vocalist, you will find something helpful and interesting here. So come hang out with us at Notes on Jazz. So hello, I'm here today with Martin Bejarano. He's a wonderful pianist who I met just recently. Uh, he was here in town where I live in Greenville, South Carolina, playing with the Jonathan Kreisberg Quartet. And uh, it was just great to hear this great group, but also to hear and meet Martin. And uh, it turns out we have some old friends in common. Uh, that's We'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, I'd like to just introduce you to Martin Bejarano. Hi, Martin. How are you today? Hey, Keith, I'm doing great. Thanks so much uh, for having me uh, on your show. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, this has been really fun. I've been, been interviewing some really great people, so I'm, I'm really happy to have you. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. yeah. so I know you're from Miami, and uh, that must, uh, that must, I'd like to hear a little bit about that. That certainly must have influenced your, your, uh, your beginnings in music and how you've gone about learning and gotten into music. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Well, Miami is like really different than any other <laughs> city in the in the U.S. Really, it's a very unique city, um, and I love it. Which is why I moved back down here uh, oh, after yeah, living right. in New York uh, City for a long time. Um, but yeah, and and you know, Miami is very multicultural type of town, of course. Uh, and I'm I have a Cuban American background also, yeah. Um, yeah. so obviously. Uh, you know, musically, I, I heard a, uh, was around a lot of Cuban and Latin, Hispanic music, Latin American music quite a bit uh, when I was a kid, although I really never studied it, actually. Even to this day, I've never really studied it, uh, yeah. except for just, uh, you know, a little bit uh, on my own. Um, so even though that's not the kind of music I went into initially, it, it definitely was always kind of like in my ears and in me somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I hear it in your I hear the influence of that in your playing I definitely yeah. hear it so yeah. I have a little bit of experience playing Afro-Cuban music as well so I, cool. I definitely hear the influence yeah. of the music well my, my last record I finally did like a kind of a you know a, a I don't want I hate to call, use the word Latin jazz album but it's it's a it's called Cuban hashtag Cuban American and and it, it's it was definitely a a record where I on purpose tried to explore some more Afro-Cuban uh things and some of my roots a little bit more yeah i'll look forward to checking it out that sounds very interesting i love that music so yeah me too it's it's inc it's incredible yeah yeah not yeah, to mention absolutely. the musicians the cuban yeah. musicians that i got to play with a lot of cuban musicians since high school pretty much and they're yeah. they're just inc incredible musicians you know yeah. across the board yeah so. yeah <laughs> It seems to be really uh it's it's so much part of the culture so much more part of the culture than it, it, it seems like than our which if you want to call it normal american yeah. culture it's the music of the it's so much more there's so much more depth to the the culture in a way musically speaking I absolutely yeah that's absolutely true yeah. yeah so how did you get started playing the piano so I never wanted to play the piano. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to play drums 
Like a, a lot of musicians, I think. Yeah, a lot me of pianists too. too. Yeah, I mean, I think all piano players were all kind me of. Too. That's why we picked piano because you can still kind of hit it. You know, you're still, yeah. still a percussive <laughs> instrument. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, my mom said, it, well, you know, if you take piano lessons for a year and get like a good solid music background, you know, or at least yeah. start in music, uh, then if you take it seriously and you stick with it, then after drums, you, I mean, after a year, if you want to switch to drums, then I'll let you switch to drums. Um, and she had actually taught me, that was when I was like nine or something, but she had actually taught me some basic piano when I was seven. Uh, and I used to pick up things kind of by ear, you know, she played a little bit and like, I would go after her and pick up some of the songs she would, she was playing. Um, nice. uh, but then I started playing baseball and I didn't want to do music at all. Um, anyway, so I did the piano lessons, like real lessons for a year. And then after the year I asked for a, a Casio keyboard instead of a drum set. And I just, I just, that was it stuck with the piano. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. I'm yeah. glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. I, I have to say again, I really enjoyed your playing. I really, uh, I mean, as a pianist, I noticed certain things like the way that your hands move together up and mm. down the keyboard. That's a, that's a really, uh, just it's very you're integrate your hands are integrated in a really great way that is not always the case with pianists you know it's, thank you uh, that's yeah, one I appreciate thing that, that really impressed me especially well, i mean i started terrible. off uh i'm sorry what was that last thing you said i said especially considering that terrible piano you were playing that oh night, man that, wow that, yeah that, <laughs> that was yeah, not yeah. a great piano, so. um yeah i know i know all about yeah, well, I mean, I, I did a, I started off, you know, classical, uh, uh -huh. you know, studying classical music. And even in college, I was a classical performance major for, for almost two years. And then I switched. Whoa. Um, so mm -hmm. I, that's a real, uh, you know, I'm real lucky to have that background because certainly it facilitates more two hand independence and, you know, absolutely. helps you get both hands involved, more comfortable doing that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's really wonderful. So. Thank you. I'm going to check out more music. Actually, I really, I really cool. was knocked out by your playing. Thank so you. So we, Thank uh, you were a room, yeah, my, it's my pleasure. You were a roommate of a good friend of mine when you were in college, Al yeah. Sergal, who's a great Mr. Drummer. Al Sergal. Yeah, I had the opportunity <laughs> to play with, yeah, Mr. Al Sergal. Yeah, I've had you know not a huge number of opportunities to play with him. We did a recording date together, and I've played a couple of concerts with him and things like that. He's just amazing. And then Ron, the bass player that plays in my trio. Um, right ron, ron brendel yeah so yeah we're doing a concert saturday night actually oh beautiful that, man so. awesome yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'll tell him i said hello of course yeah i certainly will yeah 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 man i i owe a lot to al you know when i as i as i just said i was a classical major at florida state university mm -hmm. uh and um and I didn't even know they had a jazz program or a jazz piano teacher or, or anything, really. I, I was kind of a little out of it at that point in my life. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do musically. Um, so then uh, I saw a, uh, a like a flyer up to audition for jazz band. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I, and I had played jazz in high school and, you know, I could I could play a little bit. And so I was like, oh, that'd be fun. At least I'll still get some jazz stuff, you know. So. Yes. It turned out there was a great, amazing piano teacher there, Bill Peterson, a uh, jazz teacher. And, and it turned out that there was a very small group of jazz musicians there. They didn't have a big program. It was a very small program. It wasn't even a major. It was just an area of study. And there was just a few guys, but they were monster players, you know, and Al was one of those guys, you know. Yeah, Al had yeah. gone to Berkeley for a couple of years and then transferred to Florida State. Yeah. Um, and 
he so he was a little older than me. He like he knew way more about jazz and had more experience playing than me. Uh, so mm-hmm. I just if someone like him hadn't been there to play with, you know, I wouldn't have had yeah. the same experience, and I, I wouldn't have grown the way that I think I I, I grew in those yeah. you know three or four years that, that he was there. So and just hanging around him all the time and talking about records and him showing me all yeah. sorts of stuff. And we just gigged all the time and played. Yeah. Even when we weren't gigging, you know, sessions and his yeah. class and combos. And so I really, uh, I was really lucky to have someone like Al, you know, there at that yeah. time. Yeah. That's great. Go yeah. like you're in that, man. Yeah. 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 What's yeah. well, just funny so, how that happens? You know, certain people just pop in your life at the right time and yeah. sure, and, right. And take care of you, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, right. Right. Sure. Sure. So. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. So you do, did you end up graduating from school there? I did, yeah. I, I switched majors and well to a bachelor of music jazz studies emphasis. <laughs> yeah. Real 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 useful major, right? right and uh um I think you've done all right without it. Don't worry <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah, man. <laughs> um and uh I, I went after there I went to uh University of Miami for my masters in jazz performance. Oh, they have of course I have a great yeah, jazz great. program there. Um yeah, sure. And uh, graduated uh, with a master's from there and uh, stuck around Miami for a few years uh, to save some money. And then about two years after I got my master's, I moved to New York uh, City. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So what happened when you got to New York? I know. I mean, I know a little bit of your story, but I'd rather let you tell it. You know? Sure. So, yeah. Well, um, I was again, you know. It's like we just said, the people being in, in, in your life at the right time and just a lot of really lucky, fortunate things happen. Uh, I also think I, I did the right thing. I was going to go to grad school in New York and then I didn't because it was a lot of money and I got, I only got like a half scholarship and I didn't really want to, you know, and New York kind of freaked me out because I was from Miami, which is a completely different, you know, town. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I, I'm glad that I, that I waited the four years because I felt by the time I moved to New York, my playing had really gotten better and I felt like I was a lot more ready, you know, for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I went to New York and I, and I had some friends already there kind of. So that helped one reason why I moved when I did, because I kind of had some, some friends there that, that hooked me up with some gigs. And one of my best friends is a, a really big time Broadway musical director and orchestrator and arranger. And he, um, he got me doing some theater work and, and things like that oh, to help nice. pay the bills and playing for a Broadway casting company, uh, yeah. you know, which was a really great gig. Um, and then I, I, I just got real lucky about um, less than a year uh, that I had been living there. A, a, a good friend of mine, Marcus Strickland, the great saxophone player who's from Miami, also Marcus and EJ twins, you know, EJ's amazing drummer. Um, so they had been living in New York in a while. And, and the minute I got up there pretty quickly, I started playing with Marcus's group quite a bit and with EJ, his brother. And um the summer after I moved up, Marcus got uh, hooked up with Roy Haynes and Roy was looking to put together a group of kind of younger guys and Marcus recommended me and I got that gig, you know, like well, in yeah. like nine months, which is insanely lucky. Yeah, you know? yeah that's crazy, man. Yeah, It was crazy, you know. Yeah. So again, that's just the, knowing you know, to someone being in your, in your life in the right time and the right moment and helping sure. you out, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah. So then from there, I started playing with some other uh, people. I started touring with great guitar player, Russell Malone. Yeah, I, I know Russell from Atlanta. You know Russell? Yeah. yeah. From Atlanta. Years oh, ago. yeah, from Atlanta. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I toured with him for like nine years, and I ended up playing with Roy for close to twenty years. You know, right right up to the pandemic. Wow. Um, so yeah, so just very fortunate. Yes, are there some recordings from that period when you were with uh, Roy Haynes? Yeah, yeah, the we have a out. record called um, uh, "Fountain of Youth," uh, okay. which was out early two thousands. That was actually nominated for a Grammy, um, wow. right. but didn't win. McCoy Tyner beat us out. Darn it! Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, and then um, there's a record called uh, "Royalty," also okay. um, that I'm on. And I did about three or four records with Russell, uh, two records that are live from the uh, Jazz Standard, Volume 1, and then live from the Jazz Standard, Volume 2. And then a record called Playground uh, with Russell as well. Yeah, nice, man. Yeah, Russell's he's always been a great player, man. I mean, yeah, man, he's, he's amazing. Crazy, yeah, crazy guy. Yeah, he's a crazy guy. He's a crazy dude, was, but yeah, he can you play, said it man. first, man. <laughs> well, that's what the first thing that everyone. Every, the, the first thing is, man, Russell's an amazing player. The second thing that comes up is, man, he's insane. <laughs> he's crazy, <laughs> you know, in a good way, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a good way, true, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. mostly, uh, mostly in a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him for a long time, so yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, that, yeah, that's amazing. Roy Haynes is a. I mean, that's a great. What a great opportunity, man. I'm and Russell Haynes, Book, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it, so, was it was incredible. Yeah, so you lived there. Uh, you when did you move back to Miami? I moved back um, two thousand eight ish, and uh, my my wife is also from Miami, so okay. I kind of dragged her up to New York. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like we weren't yeah. even uh, she we well I went first, and then uh, we got married about a year later after I moved, and then I dragged her right up to New York. <laughs> we kind of did a long distance. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Uh, but I always told her, look, you know, what if you want to, you know, I, want, I need to stay up here five, six years or something. But if if, if you want to get out, then we'll get out, you know. So yeah. at that point, we were thinking about having kids and all that kind of stuff, and and she was definitely ready to get out of New York. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, she she got a, a, a she happened to get a good job offer right about the time, you know, right when she started looking down here. So she took a job down here. Uh, I stayed up in New York a little while longer. And then uh, finally moved down. Although, like for a good two to three years, I was back and forth quite a bit. Yeah, um, I was yeah. in New York maybe every month or two months or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, are you doing uh, what else are you doing in Miami besides playing? I know you're playing. Of course, you're playing. Um, yeah, mostly I'm teaching. Uh, really, um, yeah. uh, as far as in Miami, I was again, you know. <laughs> Really lucky. Uh, when I moved down, yeah, I reached yeah. out to Witt Seidner, who was the head of the UM Jazz Program, the University of Miami Jazz Program, and told him, yeah. "Hey, you know, I'm 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 going to be living down in Miami, and if you ever have a teaching thing pop up, yeah. you know, adjunct or whatever, you know, let me know." Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like, "Okay." And then a year later, the piano position opened up, um, and he hired me as adjunct, you know, to fill in because they do a search, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, sure, sure, um, sure. And then I did the year in adjunct and ended up getting the full-time job. So again, like just like really being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah sure, man. Yeah. That's awesome though, man. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's great. I mean, you're a, obviously you're a great player. I'm sure you're a great teacher too. Oh, so, thank you, man. Yeah. yeah. I, lo I love teaching and, yeah, I teach. and UM is an amazing school. You know, the, the, 
it's one of the, the best jazz schools in the country. The, the students are yeah, like yeah, really, really great, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and I, I like working there because they're really good about, you know, letting the teachers also, uh, or supporting the teachers kind of continuing their professional careers as well. So I'm able to tour yeah, and travel a bit and, and do my other stuff, uh, you know, and, and still keep the teaching thing. So it's, it's a great situation. Yeah, that's great, man. Good for you. Yeah. So yeah, I'm an adjunct too. I'm an adjunct at, well, I'm an adjunct. You're not still an adjunct. I mean, adjunct here at uh, Furman University, which is in my town here. Oh yeah, and, sure. Uh, but we, oh, beautiful, yeah, man. That's yeah, we just have a, yeah, yeah, we have a jazz program, but it's not, it's not like you, not, not, not like a degree program. It's just, right. Uh, right. Like an area you know, of study band. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Big band yeah. and some combos and teachers yeah. for different instruments. And, you know, so that, that's, uh, that's cool. I get some good, they're mostly classical pianists that come to me. Right. They're just interested in learning about jazz, but some sure. of them end up in combos. Sure. And, you know, yeah. I, I do get some, yeah. some kids that are really focused on jazz, which is nice, you know. That's great. So, yeah. I like, I like teaching too. I teach privately too. And yeah. so I've, you know, I've got a bunch of students right now. So teaching I like teaching. wonderful, like man. I, 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 yeah. yeah. It's a wonderful thing. I, I know when I started teaching, I was kind of burnt out a little on playing, actually. Not, yeah. not on playing so much, but on practicing. <laughs> Yeah, kind of like I used to be a pretty voracious practicer, you know, back in the day. And then I was just kind of burnt out on it. And I was playing a lot, you know, trap touring and, and playing gigs. So I just kind of like when I was home, I just didn't really feel like shedding too much. And then yeah. when I started teaching, man, it really got me like excited and anxious to get back to like real practicing again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was it was it was it was really it was good for me. It was like what I needed, you know, to kind of get yeah. a little excited about things and yeah, you know, get inspired great. by the students and and they were so good, you know. My first student at UM was Emmett Cohen. I don't know if you know Emmett. Well, yeah, sure. Well, he, of course you know Emmett, you know. Yeah, that was no, my he, first lesson. <laughs> well, jeez. Yeah. And he was already like doing gigs and touring and stuff. He was a like, kind of a pro prodigious kid. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I was like, man, this, you know, so it was, it was cool. It was really yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Teaching to me, teaching is learning, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I always tell my students, I learn more than you do from doing this, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So much more, you know? And uh, yeah, it's really, it's really good. I love teaching too. So. Man, it, it keeps me on my toes. It keeps me kind of like, you know, in, in the game a little bit more, I think, than I, than I mm -hmm. would naturally be. It's easy to get comfortable a little bit you know you get to a certain level you're like well i can play okay you know yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> i'm all right you know but but yeah, yeah. you lose some of that like that thing when you're young where you're just like hungry and just eating yeah, up sure. music like a crazy person you know <laughs> sure 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 right. so this absolutely. helps bring a little bit bit of that energy back to me which yeah, I, I really absolutely. Yeah. i get that yeah I, I teach kids from the we have a high school fine arts high school here too Oh, I teach a bunch of kids that go there too. So I got some really good, like very young, like teenagers, 14, 15, 16 year old kids. And they're just way into it. You know, the ones that are into it are way into it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's very inspiring. Yeah, like you said, it keeps you on your toes. I'm like, man, what do I do this with this kid next? You know, he's, yeah. he plays better than me. What am I going to oh, do I, for him? You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know. I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. And then they'll, they'll, they'll come and, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be correcting me, you know, like, Oh, well, no, that record actually was this thing. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. They, they get into it, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's cool. It's very cool. It's inspiring. You know, it, it really is. Yeah. 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 I really love it. So, yeah. So, well, you must write too. I mean, I know you do actually. And, uh, I'm uh, part, I'll say, let me quickly, I'll say that part of this podcast, which started off as me presenting this to 
like students or potential students of this music, you know, hmm. it's kind of evolved into a little more than that because I'm interviewing some really great musicians like yourself. I interviewed Art Landy recently, um, hmm. interviewed Marilyn Crispell. I haven't published some of these. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, Greg Tardy and, you know, some really, uh, David Berkman, I've interviewed some really great musicians. Some of them are published and some of them are not yet, but, yeah. but uh, I always like to ask about what they think about um, composing and, and playing too, but composing yeah. as well. So sure. if you have any ideas about sharing that with us, that would be wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, 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 I compose quite a bit. Um, and I've actually been teaching, I'm not teaching it this, this year, but I, I taught composition at UM for, since I started. So for like almost 11 years, I've been teaching that awesome. class, which Great. is more of a, I don't want to call it a beginner's class, but it is a little more uh, towards uh, basic fundamental stuff. Um, you know, it's interesting because as a jazz musician, you know, I, I think we have tend, I don't want to speak for everyone, of course, but I think we, it, I think the composition and the playing are so tied together, yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. we're composing all the time, you know, when sure. we improvise and everything, sure. um, you know, perhaps more than in the classical world, although, Back in the day, all those classical composers were monster pianists, you know. Sure, of course. Also, yeah, of course. not quite yeah. as much anymore, but um, so um, so so that that that's that's kind of a thing. And, and for me, composing uh, it has always been uh, like a, a vehicle for playing. I think. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Same. You know, yeah. Yeah. primarily although i will say it kind of recently i've i've veered away from that a little bit more and and tried to think less about the 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 blowing and the improvising and stuff and right. and, and get a little bit more into the like like a, uh, like like just the the composition itself if that makes yes. sense you yes. know the, the core Absolutely. thing that's happening yes. so that you yes. could so that maybe we could play it and have no blowing and it would still be successful you know kind yeah. of a sure. thing right um, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm influenced by a lot of different music too, not just jazz. So I was like really into like rock music and yeah, yeah, heavy sure. metal and I'm a Prince fanatic, you know, <laughs> on the other <laughs> end of the spectrum right. and hip hop and R and B and, and pop and, and everything, you know, I, I, I love all mm -hmm. kinds of music. I almost went into that field more like studio writing kind of thing, mm -hmm. uh, uh, producing when I was really young. That's kind of another thing that I was really interested in doing. And I ended up, you know, doing some of it, but not really getting so deep into it. Um, so like a lot of that kind of stuff uh, comes out, I think, in my in my composing, not all the time, but like but a lot of the times. Yeah. So to right. me, you know, if I, if I had a philosophy about composing, um, aside from like, you know, the nuts and bolts of, of being a good, good composer, you know, crafting and working with melodies and, and uh, you know, uh, and having a really expansive knowledge of harmony and harmonic possibilities and, and rhythmic and phrasing and form and all those kind of things that are, the, you know, the nuts and bolts of it. But for me, like, I, I think composing is, is, is all about you, uh, Putting the putting your influences uh, together in a unique way, and then you know expressing them in, into a, a piece of music. You mm -hmm. know, I, I think for a while I was kind of trying to ignore some of my influences, 
you know, <laughs> or thinking like, well, this is a jazz piece. So I, I can't really do yeah. that. You know, that, that kind of thing, you know, more when I was younger. Um, uh, and then like, you know, later I, I, I started to say, no, that's, that's, that's not the right move. And I started thinking about like great composers and, and like, that's not the right move. And I, I want to, that's what makes me maybe sound different from someone else, you know, their yeah, composition. Right. So yeah, I started to really just kind of like embrace things and, uh, and, and let them, let things that wanted to come out, just come out, you know, and then the composing tools for me are, are necessary to then take that and make it work in the context that you want to want it to work in. If that, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. When you say tools, you mean just the thing, your knowledge of what of how to compose, or you know, yeah, your knowledge of of composition, your knowledge of harmony and theory and form and melodic development and mm-hmm. you know uh, phrasing and 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 all those yeah. uh, uh, rhythmic uh, things and, and and all those kind of things, you know. So meaning, like maybe I, I'm working on a song and then something comes in that's maybe not seems like it's not in the same vein of what's going on but something is really telling me that i want that in there you know so the composing tools kind of help me to like put things together that maybe don't you know uh seem like they go together at at first you know and my last album is 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 very heavily that vibe you know there's a lot of different kind of things you know happening uh going on tell tell us the name of the album yeah it's uh hashtag cuban american (laughs) okay Cool. Yeah, I'll look it up. I actually I saw this on your website last night. Cool. Yeah. Thought it was very interesting. Yeah. yeah any other um, re- uh, recordings of yours with some, well, featuring some of your compositions would be nice, but otherwise, uh, recordings of yours that you really recommend that you like that you would want sure. somebody to hear. Yeah. Well, that's funny. You know, like I, I hate most of my old. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's every, we all say that, right? Um, yeah, I know. I know the feeling. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, mo- most of my recordings are, are mo- they're mostly originals and then they maybe have a couple, st- my first album has a couple st- more standards than my other ones, but the other albums are almost all originals and maybe okay. one standard or something like that. Um, I-, I mean, I have four albums out. The I, I-, I like some st- stuff on the the two that came before this album. The last album is called Trio Miami. Um, and I do like a lot, I, I do like some of the writing on that, um, yeah. actually, uh, yeah. since we're talking about composing. Yeah, that's to me, that's important. You know, I mean, yeah. that to me, I mean, just to, I don't want to blow the groove here that you got going, but no, no, um, not at all. To me, the, the writing is what has helped me learn to play a lot more than I think than more than anything is uh, not more than anything necessarily. I mean, playing with people and just playing and getting experience, of course, but I think writing tunes really stretches you as much as or more than anything because I write stuff I can't play and then I got to figure out how to, I write something and then I can't play over it. I, I got a couple things right now that I've written that I want to play with my trio, but I can't, I don't know how to play on them yet, you know? Right. So I'm still trying to figure it out. Some of them I've been playing for 30 years. I'm still trying to figure stuff out on some of them, you know? Amen. So, <laughs> to yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you wrote it because it's in there, you know, it's in your right, ear, right. but it may not right. be like in here yet, you know? Right. Exactly. So, so absolutely. You know, well, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, Coltrane is a great example of, of a player composer who wrote pieces uh, initially in a period, not his whole life, but wrote pieces in order to practice Right, right. Certain things that he wanted to play, you know, the Giant Steps exactly. Matrixes and all, and all sure, those sure. kind of things. And then later the modal type of stuff that he wanted to play, 
you know, and then he ended up, you know, I talk about this in my comp class uh, a lot. He ended up, you know, writing all this complex stuff. And then his writing became the opposite, very open and modal, but he was right. playing all the same shit. Right, right. On right. The, you know, on top exactly. of those. So it's to me, it's a right. fascinating exactly. example of like, okay, I'm going to write this stuff so that I can really get that sound and those those matrices and those progressions under my fingers at a really high level so that I don't even end in his ear and so that they're just automatic. And then I want to, I don't want to be pigeonholed into playing those exact same patterns. I just want to sure. be able to put that sound uh, at will. So then let me just like play these really open free type of things. It's kind of yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. I think that's really, I, that's fascinating. That's, I think it's a natural progression to me. That's, yeah, I mean, I find myself thinking that direction. Like, I'd like to just start playing, and you know, and just bring out all those things that I know about. You know, if I can get to that absolutely. point. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. But um, absolutely, but I still find myself just writing tunes that are fun to play on, improvise on. I mean, that's I right. Mean, it, but yeah, but I, I yeah. Well, if, I, not, if they're not fun to play on, then like, yeah. what's yeah. the point? <laughs> yeah, what's the point? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to check out some of your albums. I'm real interested to hear more of your playing. I, I got cool. your, uh, I got one of your things with uh, Jonathan Kreisberg. That's I'm, I haven't heard yet, but I'm looking forward. Oh to yeah, the, the last record. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. that was an interesting record because it was a live gig that we didn't know was being recorded. Um, <laughs> oh wow! Which yeah. I wasn't really. I, I thought after the gig, I wasn't. I was like, oh, that wasn't my best performance, you know. And then I found out, oh, we're going to re <laughs> release that as a record. I was like, oh well. <laughs> well, you know, when you're a side man, you don't have much say in that. So you just have yeah, to, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah But there's yeah. some nice stuff. Uh, there's some great, he, he sounds really, really killing on that record. I mean, he's stuff. a, I'd never heard him play before at all, actually. Yeah. I, I had very little experience hearing him play, I'll say that. And that blew me away, that concert blew everybody in the band. I mean, that drummer was great. Carl. Eric, yeah, um, Carl is, yeah, he's killing, man. He's a young I mean, guy, too. Yeah, yeah, everybody was just killing, man. Yeah. It was very impressive, you know. How did you hook up with him? So it's a funny story. Uh, we actually went to the same high school, um, although we weren't really close. He's a little, a couple years older than me. So we were in, he was like a senior and I was a, a, a sophomore. Uh, and he was like way ahead. I was still more like classical guy, you know, mm -hmm. and he was like way already like a badass jazz fusion guy, you know, yeah, like, nice. like way ahead of everybody. Um, yeah. And uh, so, like, I think I played once or twice with him, and, but we, we didn't really, like, hang out or, or anything. He was just kind of like, oh, my God, this guy, yeah. like, this amazing yeah. older <laughs> guy. He was yeah. kind of scary, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then we, we really didn't stay in touch at all. And then, um, I don't know, maybe, what's this, 2023 now? Wow. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. like, yeah. 10 years ago yeah. or something, he saw, or eight to 10 years ago, uh, I was playing with Roy, actually with Roy Haynes and Christian McBride was playing with us at the Monterey Jazz Festival. And he happened, he was there playing with somebody and he was checking out the show and he was, and he was like, Oh my God, that's the, the classical yeah. guy that I went to, to high school with. <laughs> and I think he even knew that I was playing jazz, you know? So he wow. came up uh, after the show, he came up to me backstage and we, we were talking and, you know, and he's like, Oh man, we should, we should play together sometime. So, we kind of kept in touch and then we, we tried to make it happen a few times and it, and it didn't work. And then I think in 2018 or so, um, you know, he had some gigs in New York and it, it, it worked out timing and, and I went up and, and played some gigs and then we've been playing ever since, uh, and since then. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. 
yeah. kind of a kind of that a cool fun, cool yeah. story. Yeah, and that's a great group, man. What yeah, they're group? they're killers, man. Yeah, they keep me on yeah. my toes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I think you keep them on theirs too. Oh man, that's fair to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. Really great to hear. So, so um, tell me some other things about. Uh, I'd like to know. Um, I, I I noticed on your website that you're teach. You got some kind of uh, thing teaching at a uh, Danos. Is it called Danos or? What's the thing? Oh, Dranoff, maybe? Yeah, maybe that's what it is, yeah. The, the Dranoff Two Piano Foundation? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell us about that. What, what sure. That? So, yeah, so, I mean, lately I've gotten into some things kind of like outside of the playing writing world, like more uh, uh, artistic directing and, and, and things like that and being involved in a couple of organizations. And Dranoff is one of them. I'm, I'm also mm-hmm. on the board of directors for this really great uh uh, nonprofit arts organization called Arts for Arts for Learning um, that that has these they're a huge uh, organization down here in South Florida and they do uh, arts programs for uh, you know for schools in, in kind of um, underprivileged areas mostly and things yeah. like that and try to try to yeah. provide arts education and, and and things like that and all the arts not just music art visual art and mm. stuff so dranoff is is a wonderful organization that um it, you know it, its initial thing when it started uh was a, a two piano well they're the dranoff two piano foundation so they had a very famous uh it was all classical and okay. it was they had a very famous duo piano competition the dranoff competition every year that was an international competition the biggest one um, they haven't done that in, in a while, but that's kind of how they started. Okay. And uh, they also program concerts. They have a concert series. So um, a few years back, um, I think the director, Carlene Sawyer, who's a wonderful lady that I work with, um, wanted to kind of expand their reach a little bit and get into some other types of music outside of jazz. Um, including, uh, I mean, outside of classical, uh, including oh. jazz and, and, uh, Latin music and world, other kind of world music and things like that. So, um, they, I started off my relationship with them getting a, a, a commission. They would, they would commission a two piano, an original two piano composition every year okay. from a different composer. And nice. they, they wanted to go take, get, start getting some people outside of the classical realm. So uh, my first kind of contact with them was they asked, they, they gave me a commission to compose a two piano piece, nice. um, which was something I had never done before. Yeah. yeah but I had played a ton of two piano music in high school and, and college, like a lot. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I think classical I can do this. Classical. Yeah, classical. Yeah, classical duo right, right. piano stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, so I was like, man, I, I think I could do this. I played enough of this music. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I think I could do it. So I, I did it. It was really fun. Very cool. And um, I ended up, uh, then I started working in capacity with them, uh, music directing this wonderful show they do called the called Piano Slam. Um, it's very hard to explain, but it involves uh, kids, uh, students in the area that write poetry uh, uh, inspired by whatever the commission piece is. So they listen to the commission piece and then they write this poetry. Okay. And then there's a competition and they do this big concert at the, performance arts center here in downtown Miami where the kids read their poetry and there's two piano music and there's a DJ and there's all sorts wow. of crazy stuff happening. That's uh, great. Yeah. It's really very cool stuff. And it then after great. that, they ended up asking me to be their uh, artistic director a couple of years ago. So I've been, uh, 
helping um, you know program their concerts and and that as as they're kind of looking into getting into more like I said like out of the classical they still just still do the classical thing, right? Um, but now we're programming like we have uh, this year we have a, an amazing. Uh, uh, steel pan jazz virtuoso, uh, that a good friend of mine actually, uh, who, who plays, uh, it's, it's not Caribbean jazz. It's not, it's just modern jazz. He just happens to play the steel uh-huh. pan. <laughs> like he plays like yeah, Michael yeah. Brecker on the steel pan. It's insane. Um, who's this? Who's it? Uh, Leon Foster Thomas. Yeah. Check him okay, out, man. He's, okay. he's incredible. Leon yeah. Foster Thomas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He has. Uh, I actually recorded one of his records. It's called Metamorphosis. If you find it, that's it's. Uh, it was his okay. last record, and nice. it's great. Look better. Um, and they and had Anthony Charles. What's that? No, no, I just I interrupted. But I, one thing, one great thing about doing these interviews is I found out about all this great music that I haven't heard from yeah. different people. You know. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm like my CD collection is growing out off the chain. It's all. Well, I, I get that from my students. I, I hear about new music from my students all the time. So, yeah, yeah, sure. It's the same sure, kind of vibe. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt what you were saying though. That was. No, no, not at all. I'm just saying that. So they had him and uh, Etienne Charles, the great uh, trumpet player, uh, oh, yeah. and his band yeah. Creole Creole Soul uh, did uh, was on the concert series last year. I, I do. I've been doing an Afro Cuban concert on Cuban Independence Day every May. They're Afro Cuban jazz uh, concert. Nice. So yeah, so it's cool. It's like a very different kind of thing to get into yeah, outside yeah. of just playing and, and stuff. But it's been it's been a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed it working with them. Yeah, nice. That's great. You got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it keeps it interesting, you know. Keeps it interesting, you know. I mean, it really does. Yeah, yeah. It, it really does, and and it's always like doing doing stuff that you. I always tell my students this, as I'm sure you you do as well. You know, I think we all we want we want to stay in our little comfort zone, you know, yeah. and do the gigs right. with the people we want to play with, and you know, like, right. um, but but getting out of your comfort zone and and trying things that you've never done or not even sure you you how to do it is just it's great for you in in so many uh, different ways, you know. So yeah. Yeah. I always not that I say yes to everything, but like if something feels like like. Well, there's definitely a reward in there somewhere, and it's going to be challenging and different. I, I nine times out of ten, I'm going to say, "Yeah, let's do it." You know? Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that makes me want to look around for some things like that here. Maybe it's a, it's a smaller community, obviously, you know. But uh, yeah, but I bet I bet there's there's stuff there, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I bet there's, there's there even like things. you know community grants and stuff that that they have for mm-hmm. arts and music. A lot of people don't know that, but like there's a ton of that stuff yeah. in in uh, in bigger cities, and certainly Charlotte's a, a bigger city. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm actually in Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, I'm sorry, you're in Greenville. I keep thinking Charlotte. No, 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 but, uh, Al, we do have a, <laughs> we do we do have an arts council, and I've gotten a couple yeah. of grants for them actually to to do some CDs in the past. And oh, that's actually, awesome. Uh, a few years ago, I got a grant to go to New York and study with Frank Kimbrough. Whoa, so, that's that's you know, killing! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I spent I spent a couple of you know I spent four or five days in New York and met with Frank like two or three times for a couple of long sessions. I never had the the honor of meeting him. He's ama- he was yeah, an amazing pianist. Oh. Yeah, he really was, and good guy too. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know Al played with him a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I first heard him on a record of Ron's. With uh, mm-hmm. with Ron and Frank, because Ron and Frank went to college together, and then right, that's the connection. So right. that's that's that was my my connection, you know. And Al was on that record actually. Right, so, right. So, yeah, that's cool. So that's man, this is great. It's great talking to you. Yeah, same Lots here, man. Stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. 
So, um, so what do you say something to, uh, um, to my students, like my young students, like 14, 15 years old, do you have any, like anything that you would say to them? Uh, like, like, yeah, this in mind or do this or, you know, yeah. Um, Re- try to reinforce what I say to them. <laughs> yeah. I think I better not say anything. That's not like it goes against what well, I'll say. Listen no, to Keith really Davis. Good. That's what I'll say. Yeah, first. Yeah, listen right, to man. your Don't, teacher. Yeah. Do what your teacher says. Do right? what he says, you know, um, <laughs> No, I, I always, you know, look, I sympathize a lot with younger players today yeah. because even when I was, you know, a younger player, um, you know, I didn't grow up listening to jazz or bebop sure. or anything. Sure. So when I was yeah. first exposed to it, it, it's, it seems very foreign and, and strange. And now, you know, sure. 30 years later or whatever, it's even more removed from young culture. At least, like, my parents listened to, like, Big Band and, and you know, yeah. my mom had, like, Duke Ellington Big Band records and, like, like lighter stuff like Glenn Miller and, you know, Harry yeah, James yeah. and that kind of yeah, sure. that kind of stuff. Good stuff, you yeah, know, yeah. still good stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but, you know, like, I was listening to, like, you know, Van Halen and, you know, Rush <laughs> and Led Zeppelin and that's, that's right. what I was into, you know, and Prince. Right. And, so right. um, what drew me to jazz was like the improvisation aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what hit me, really. Yeah. You know? I'll say something. Since you're a Prince fan, I'm going to tell you a yeah. quick story. Please. Uh, in about 1983 or 84, I went to Berkeley in 1982, just one semester. And uh-huh. I had a good friend, uh, Satoshi. He's a drummer. He's still he's in New York. Satoshi Takeshi He's still a friend of mine. In fact, I interviewed him. I haven't gotten it published yet, but... So when he got out of Berkeley, he came down to Georgia and stayed with me at my parents' house for a few months. Yeah. And we ended up playing a gig at the Hilton in Macon, Georgia. They just opened this Hilton okay. and they gave us all rooms in the hotel and we, they fed us. And so we're playing in this little, little club in this hotel, you know, and uh, Prince was playing at the Coliseum across oh, the street. No. And so they all came into our gig after the, after the gig, after their concert, they came into our gig, you know. No so way. I, at the time, I didn't even know. I'd heard, I'd heard of Prince, but I didn't yeah. know who he was. You know, you I said eighty really three, right? Eighty three or eighty four? Yeah. He had, yeah. that was like just before he blew up. He blew up in eighty four when Purple yeah. Rain uh, came out. Yeah, yeah. So and, and I think I think Purple Rain might have. Maybe it was eighty four. I can't remember because yeah. I think Purple Rain might have come out already. Yeah, it might but, have just um, come out, right? Maybe, yeah. But anyway, so uh, after the gig. Um, after we got done playing, you know, Satoshi and I go get on the elevator to go up to our rooms, you know, and Prince is on the elevator with oh that big God. bodyguard with the bald headed guy. Yeah. With the, and with that, uh, that, that girl, not, I don't know if it's Apollonia, if it was her or if it was another girl. And they're like kind of in the corner, like snuggling up and he's looking at me like, yeah, look, check me out. You know? <laughs> and, and we, so I rode in the elevator. I rode in the elevator with Prince. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so jealous. You have no idea. <laughs> That's an amazing story, man. Cause he's such a, he was such a private guy. Like yeah, yeah, he was yeah. kind of an enigma. Like you would net, like yeah. to see him out like that. Like that's, that's crazy, man. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah sure. Wow. Yeah. That's funny. And wow, that's like beautiful. I said, I hardly knew who he was at the time. But, sure. You know, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But good story though. Man, that's a great, that's a great story. <laughs> I love it. Um, but you know, so that, that's who I was uh, checking out, you know, and then I was playing piano, yeah, but again, yeah. classical stuff. So, so, right. um, you know, getting back to what, uh, what I would tell your students is, um, well, and I know today the way people consume music is so different, yes, you know, sure. than the way we consume music. And, and, and so you're not getting really good idea of 
who's playing on what and what year was this and which maybe when you're 14 or 15 you don't even care about you know probably i probably wouldn't have cared either but but what i always tell the young students is to to really try to organize uh what you're listening to and, and understand what it is when it was recorded what was happening you know in, in that time uh who were the players you know, um, because I think it becomes more real that way. You yeah, know, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like jazz can really seem like a, a bunch of scales on a page and a chord, and right, right. You know, and, and because we can, we we can do that to it. We can codify it and right. teach it that way and stuff. That's how we try to. Yeah, that's how we communicate it, right? We try. Of course, to that's how you communicate. It, yeah, and that's that's yeah, great. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But but not you know like yeah. not understanding the context of like sure. you know well why did Coltrane sound in the 60s yeah. that way you know and not that way in the 50s or, or or whatever why did Miles Davis sound like completely you know well he didn't sound so different but his music sounded different you know um and I think that helps kind of like personalize it and co contextualize it and, and makes it make it more real and really more interesting to to learn and that's something I really didn't get so much later in college you know and even yeah, after too. college you know yeah me too sure um so I always say that and and I always you know my big thing is uh um is is about uh and this is not just to young students this is kind of to everyone uh but yeah. is is the practicing thing you know um, practicing jazz, uh, you know, I, I started off, as I said, classical, which is very easy in a way to practice, right? The notes are there, you learn it, you make yeah. sure you get the fingering, then you right. put the right. dynamics in, and then you memorize, and then you hopefully right. can express yourself, you know, once that's all done. But it's like a pretty basic standard, right. but it's not really any way, other way to learn <laughs> classical music. Right. Yeah. right, sure. The jazz is so different, you know, especially for pianists, you, you go into... To, you know, well, you got to learn the voicings, left hand voicings, two hand voicings, uh, comping. You need to learn, uh, you know, playing the melody with one hand and comping with the left hand. There's solo piano playing. There's trio piano playing. There's improvising. There's harmony and theory. There's rhythmic stuff. There's playing different styles, you know, uh, within the jazz kind of thing. Um, so it's really overwhelming. So, so what I, what I always really kind of harp on and, and it's something I, I, I base my whole improv class that I teach on, on this is, is to try to really organize your practicing so that you're practicing less things at a time that you really yes. practice one, one or two very specific things like a, an agenda for even if it's just 30 minutes that you do that and then you move on to the next thing. I think I spent the first, you know, eight years of my jazz practice saying, oh, I got to learn, you know, it could happen to you. So I get the chords under my fingers and then I just play it happens to you for 30 minutes, you know, right. 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 <laughs> over and over without stopping, Right. you know, right. and then I'm like, well, I don't feel like I got too much better at that, you know, rather than saying, yeah. well, why don't I just look at the first four bars of it? It could happen to you yeah. and see all the pop yeah. possibilities that I could play and, and, and really, uh, really get in there, you know. So, so that idea of targeted practice uh, and limiting yourself and, and not worrying about, you know, playing a great solo every time you're practicing, you know, that's not right. what practice is right. about. You know, you should be sounding pretty bad for a while. You know, when you start to sound great, then you're done. You move on to the next thing, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. I just think it's the hardest thing is to become a really good, efficient practicer, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And trying to teach someone because the other thing, you know, this, everybody's different. I mean, every, every one of these kids that comes to me and takes a lesson, every, every one of them, they're all different, you know? Yeah. And you got to like find what, like, what is the point? What, what, where's the point that I can communicate with them? What can yes. I say to them to do, to get them to practice this one thing that I see that they really need? Yes. But it's a blind spot to them. They can't see it, right? Your, it's your job is to help them find that blind spot and work on absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Oh, no, a hundred percent. Correct. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and also because like you said, because they're all different, you know, there's a lot of advice out there <laughs> um, right, right. that says like, this is the way to do it. You know, like this right. is how, and, and I, I'm not, I don't feel that at all because as you just said, everyone is different. Everyone learns very differently, you know? Absolutely. So you can't say like, right. well, you should never learn anything jazz reading music. You know, you should always learn. Right. Well, but what if you're like a very visual learner? Right. Sure. You know, right. I'm a visual learner. When I see things written yeah, down, my brain processes it better and yeah. faster. Right. So, so what am I going to not do that just because it's yeah. you know, <laughs> that's stupid? Yeah. Just you know? because somebody told me or somebody. Yeah, just because they said, oh, well, jazz is, you know, you want to get your ear. But, you know, I have good ears too, you know. So I, you do a mixture yeah. of both, you know. Absolutely. So, like, I always say, play, play to your strengths. You know, yeah, you want to work on your weaknesses, of course. Yeah, yeah. You should be, you know, if you're having trouble, uh, you know, hearing stuff, well, then you want to lean into that more. But that doesn't mean that, you know, you're never going to use a, a, a piece of music to, to help you out or, or write something down, you know, so you could visually have it there in front of you. Uh, so, you know, right. so I would say that too, like, you know, don't be, don't be afraid of, of, of doing the things that work for you. You know, while also mm-hmm. trying to to improve things that maybe that you know that are are, are weaker. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I remember Ron. I re- I read a thing about Ron Carter where he said, and this is Ron Carter, you know, where he says <laughs> that he he uh, that he likes to use music, even if he knows the tune. You know, for the yeah. exact, for the same reason I just said, because he's visual and he says when he sees yep. the chords, his mind just right. does different things. Yeah. And that happens with me too. Same yeah. thing. I know. I can be play a tune. I can play a tune. I've been playing for forty years, and I put the music in front of me, and all of a sudden, I find myself trying different things harmonically yes. because I just think that way. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, I, oh, that does this. I could do this instead. You know, um, it just it changes something in the way you think. Maybe it's just the change. You know, it could be that you're just trying something, a fresh approach. I mean, who knows? Who can Absolutely. explain that? But, Absolutely. but whatever works, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you, your your people forget. They think, well, you're learning music, so it's all auditor, oral, oral. Sorry, um, but yeah, right. th- that's not true. You, you, the way you yeah. learn anything, you're using all your senses, you know, and they're right, each kind right. of doing their 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 thing. Um, whether you're looking at the piano keys and that gives you an idea because you see a pattern or a shape, your mind sees something just in the in the visually on the keys, you know, and then when you look away. You're not using your visual sense anymore, so something else takes in your ear, you know. But it's all good, you know. <laughs> it's all good. Right, right, right. Yeah, all those things yeah. are part of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, we have to memorize music, and there's times where we're not sure. not going to use music for whatever reason, but you know. So. Yeah, sure. And just you know, the last thing I'll say is just listening, you know. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> For me, like I said, I didn't grow up playing bebop music. So as much as I had it in the education system of breaking it down into these, oh, well, it's, you know, voice leading and enclosures and chromaticism, you know, I, I, my bebop playing was always weak because I just didn't listen to it because I wanted to listen to Herbie and McCoy and Keith, you know. <laughs> Yeah, right. You sure, know, sure. And, and once and, and actually, I think when I moved to New York and started playing with some just some incredible guys and, and hearing them play that stuff really authentically, it, it I was like, OK, I got to deal with this. And, and what it was, was just listening to that music all the time, like inundating. So right. you can be working on stuff, you know, with the transcriptions or by ear or whatever. But like just having that music that you're working on in your ear all the time. You know, you can't listen yeah, to yeah, yeah. three bebop songs and say like, okay, I understand. Yeah. No. Oh, I got it. Yeah. 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 No, okay. you can't, you know, mostly because of the phrasing yeah. and, and articulation sure. and, and stuff like that, uh, stuff like that. So yeah, just, you know, not being afraid of, and again, that's the problem with the, the way we consume music doesn't help out. Right. Because we have these little singles we grab from here and here, we make a little playlist and, you know, we're not saying, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to listen to this entire Charlie Parker album, you know, right? all 10 tracks from from top to bottom. Right, okay. right. So, That's what we used to do was get a whole album and sit yeah. down in front of the stereo and listen to it, right? That's not what kids do now, you know? Uh, no, I mean, no, not even. That's, that's it's other, completely you know, different. Yeah. Not even close. Not even we close. look at the liner notes. I mean, look we, at the I liner had, notes. I had albums. I don't, yeah. I don't know how old you are, but we had albums, you know, I'd read the liner yeah. notes and I was fascinated, you know? And, oh, when I was listening and, to rock stuff, I would draw the albums, covers, you know, while I'm listening well, to the record. Nice. My, my brother had a lot of vinyl, so I would, like, be copying and tracing, you know, while I'm listening, reading, like you said, reading the liner notes. Yeah, it was, it was a different, very different ex experience, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. One thing that's cool, I will say, though, is that there's so many videos available of, yeah, like, yeah, these yeah. older guys that I think is, yeah, sure. that's tremendous to actually be able to, like, yeah. watch, you know, Miles Quintet, a video of that. You know, when we were sure. studying that, that would never happen. Yeah. Like, never. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. You know. No, I teach it in the summer. I teach a jazz history course at school. Cool. And uh, I was amazed at some of the stuff. I felt like colorized concerts of Charles yes. Mingus from Europe and Bud colorized with Monk. I mean, Bud Powell. Unbelievable. Colorized yeah. video. It looks like it looks like it was made yesterday, you know. And there's That's Bud, my, one of my heroes, you know. Just yeah. uh, like, wow. Amazing, you know. So yeah, yeah that's so it's much. insane. Every, I, keep, I go insane. online when I do that class. I go online and look and see if I see any new videos. There's all every time. There's all kind of new stuff out there. Yeah, you're right. It just keeps it's coming great. out like it's like a never ending well of <laughs> where did this all come from? You know, it's yeah. amazing, man. Yeah, it's just crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. So, well, man, this has just been great talking to you. I really, I really appreciate you doing this, and it's just been great having this conversation. I hope we can keep having our uh, conversation. You know. Absolutely. Forward. Yeah, man. Great yeah, talking uh, to you and, and yeah. meeting you. And yes. I always love talking about music. So yeah, yeah, me too, man. It's wonderful and, uh, to, to speak with you. It's, it's, yeah, it's great to do this. So I really appreciate it. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up for the day? Got anything else you'd like to say? Um, any no. other interest besides music that you like that you want to talk about? Or I mean, just anything in general that you'd like to say to wrap it up? No, I don't yeah, think okay. so. That's yeah. Nice. I mean, I have other interests, but, you know, uh, I have a family, so yeah. that's a big part of my life, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, I have kids, too. I got two kids. So. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Two kids. So, you know how that is. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Man. How old are your kids? Uh, I have two girls, uh, 13 and 6. 
Well, I got two boys, nineteen and twenty-five. So. Oh, wow, man! Well, so you you're yeah, off yeah. the tough the tough part. You, you're you know. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're coming into teenagers, man. Watch out! Oh yeah, that's already uh, that's already started. So yeah. it gives you a whole no. whole new look. That's uh, a, yeah, life. That's a whole new perspective. Perspective, yeah. yeah. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. Well, once again, man, thank you so much. Um, I, I hope I get to see you live, play again sometime. And uh, absolutely, I man. Look forward to, talk, to talking to you some more going forward. So, thank you, Keith. Appreciate yeah. it, man. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for checking out Notes on Jazz. If you want to communicate with me, I offer free consultations. Just check the podcast notes for a link. You can also find a link to my website for CDs, downloads, and videos. See you next time at Notes on Jazz.